I remember going to the post office, writing a money order. Oh, wow. And sending that off to some <laughs> random Into dude. the void. <laughs> in <laughs> America. <laughs> what? And then three months later, a VHS tape would arri- had arrived in my, in my wow. mailbox, which wow. contained the, in- the end of Evangelion on it. Well, hello, 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 and welcome back to Gateway to Anime. How are you all? What's going on? We are the podcast where we try and throw open the gates to anime, whether you're a new fan, an old fan, a returning fan, ever wanted to get into anime but didn't know where to start, we're the podcast for you. But if you're an old fan wanting to get into the reads, we'll provide that for you as well. Charlie, how are you going? I'm good. I'm excited. To talk about some, uh, you know, uh, some history of Australian anime lore, which I'm excited to get into. So, you know, this is stuff that really directly affected me growing up here. So I'm keen to kind of get the backstory of everything. So you'll see when you Absolutely. get to our special yeah, guest. Uh, we just go to Graham. How are you, mate? Not as psyched. I know nothing about Australianisms. <laughs> I'm from my own land. I have my own culture. <laughs> Enough of your cheese TV. No, no, no. it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm keen to learn. It is an exciting time. Well, yes. So today we have Sly Ip, who is an absolute anime industry veteran in this country. Someone who has really been there since the start. And we, well, starts, depends Uh, on- Close, close. Yeah, close. (laughs) How relative you want to get with that term, but- been involved in the industry for a very long time, has seen it grow from a tiny little sapling to the giant tree that it is today. But of course, I will stop speaking for you. And Sly Ip, currently General Manager of Media at Sugoi Co. and ex-Madman. How are you, my friend? I'm very good, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Mate, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. So, as I mentioned before, you've been involved in the anime industry for quite some time. First of all, before you got involved in the industry, how did you get into anime at all? That was my gateway into anime, I guess. Yeah. 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 What was your gateway to anime? You got us. Yeah. Um, look, I guess my journey really started, life story very, very shortly, born in Hong Kong, moved to Australia about 91. Um, whilst growing up in Hong Kong, kind of exposed to a lot of Japanese culture, anime, especially on TV. Um, that was probably where I was really first exposed to anime, I guess. Unconsciously, I guess, mm-hmm. we, as we all were kids, like yeah. here, you probably like Astro Boy and stuff like that yeah. when you were growing up. And then sort of when I was in my teens, I was sort of like, you know, kind of like, mm, re- should get back into doing something like, you know, cool. And that's that kind of connected back to Asia somehow. And, mm-hmm. you know, as it is, you know, migrant teen in Australia, you have a bit of an identity crisis. For sure. Um, and uh, I found that anime was one of that was those gateways back in. Yeah. And it kind of really kicked off properly back around 1999 mm-hmm. when Neon Genesis Evangelion was on TV yes. on SBS and I think me and I think a lot of other people I mean for, for, for a massive generation people around my age grew up that was like their gateway into anime was Absolutely. was Eva on TV 8:30 p.m. on SBS <laughs> on Saturday night um, but also you know pre- prior to that would have been like you know the SBS movies um, with you know Desmangian mm-hmm. um, Ghost in the Shell Akira and Ninja Scroll yes. you know all those kind of like you know anime classics that's I would say where I was first exposed to it really and then Eva was probably the first TV experience that I was kind of really exposed to. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of went down the rabbit hole kind of from there. And, um, you know, I was doing things like, 
you know, going to, um, uh, you know, as in my background from Hong Kong, going to like the, uh, the, the VHS rental stores in like, you know, the Chinatowns and all that kind of stuff and renting tapes. My Cantonese is not great, but you know, at least you kind of get you're seeing things that you haven't seen before, and you're exposing yourself to to different types of anime. Back in the day, uh, where fan subs were a thing, yes, um, I remember going back to the whole thing about Evangelion being my gateway. Of course, SBS only really aired the TV series, mm-hmm. and as we all know. Those last two episodes were <laughs> old movies, yeah. And then you and then you kind of dig into it. You know, early days of the internet, you dig into it, and you're like, "Oh, there's these two movies. Like, you know, what's how do I get a hold of them? Where are they available?" And mm. I remember when I was, yeah, it was in '99, and uh, either blown up because um, it was available on DVD and, and I think VHS in Japan around the time. So I remember going to the post office, writing a money order. Oh wow! And sending that off to some random <laughs> Into dude <the> void. <laughs> in America. What? And then three months later, a VHS tape would arri- had arrived in my in my wow. mailbox, which wow. contained the in- the end of Evangelion on it. Holy crap! That is wild. Yeah. So that was sort of one of my journey into really getting into the the depths of yeah, you know, exploring what's available and getting into, I guess, the, the fandom of it. Yeah. You know, that was part one. Part two was also then I was like, okay, how else can I see this thing? Anime clubs. Mm. Right. You know, old mm-hmm. school university anime clubs. Yeah. And I think the anime UNSW was screening Evangelion, I think Death and Rebirth as well at one, at one point. And I was like, I have to go and see this. And, you know, 16-year-old going in and it's like mum, mum's like, you know, dropping me off around at this university and I'm going to this <laughs> random dark room to watch <laughs> watch anime. Watch anime. <laughs> and, and also- Anime this way, kids. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's a room full of people and I know nobody. Wow. And, you know, 16, 17 years old going like just, wow, what is happening here? And I'm like, oh, I have to read subtitles as well because it's, you know, obviously- yeah. Everyone is exposed to English dub at the time, mm-hmm. but then you're like, oh, subtitles, cool. I guess I, I'll, I'll get used to reading it. Mm-hmm. And you do, because as as the journey goes with, um, I guess, exploring anime around the time, VHS tapes was one option, mm-hmm. and of which the anime clubs back then would have a catalog of this stuff. Wow. You know, they'd all bought this stuff from the US or, you know, done their own subtitling and, you know, you, you learn about, the way that they do things on VHS fan subs, yeah. stuff like gen locking and, you know, using the subtitle software and everything else. Yeah, wow. And th- th- they would have a library of tapes where you could then, you know, if you're a member, you sign up and then you can borrow the tapes um, essentially for free mm-hmm. to just, you know, watch it. And then you would go back to the next meeting and you would turn your tape and, you know, get the next one. And wow. so you can kind of like, you know, watch it. And that's kind of how you, you discover things. Yep. I mean, really the step before that was you go into a blockbuster or video easy. Mm-hmm. Whatever they had, I would take. Yep, yep. And there was not a lot. Yep. You had your things like your Street Fighter anime, your Fatal Fury anime, <laughs> um, and, you know, a couple of OVAs here and there and like Rama. And that was that was kind of about it. Wow. Um, so, so, you know, then you discover about this company called Madman because of, of Evangelion and then, um, you know, the small catalog they had then as mm-hmm. well. And you're like, you try to pick up everything, which was possible back then. You could pick up every single release every month, month if you wanted to. Wow. I guess that's sort of where my journey down this 
deep dark hole has been. <laughs> it's a bit of despair. You know, almost almost thirty years later, I'm still here and yeah. <laughs> and going strong. So obviously, you mentioned Madman, where of course yeah. you did work, and we want to talk about that. So mm. I'll let you explain to people who don't might not be aware, mm. but Madman are very much the reason anime is in this country, in, in Australia. I mean, Ghost in the Shell, I believe, was their first ever release or at least mm, close to it. No, actually, the f- so the first release was um, Bubblegum Crisis 2032. Yes. Yes. My wow. favourite. Yeah, yes. on VHS. Yes. Um, wow. And also Riding Bean. That was the – that's that's probably an anime no one's ever heard of. I've um, never heard of it. Yeah, no. yeah. It's a, now it's, it's a really, <laughs> Yeah, it's a really old OVA. By technical terms, um, uh, my boss tells me this, I'm like the historian guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the first release of the company like wow. the legitimate unimported it was like you know licensed and released locally and power vhs um right. kind of release was bubblegum crisis 2032 nice. wow that was it yeah and that was around november 1997 oh they were the first Lord. anime dvds i ever bought really like yeah. bubblegum. bubblegum crisis because you couldn't buy anything interesting in the uk like Similar here, UK, yeah. you could buy nothing. Yeah, Manga mm. UK. But Bubblegum yeah, Crisis, yeah. that was the one that was just available everywhere. You're yeah. Like, well, I've got to buy this. Yeah, it absolutely. was on SBS as well, wasn't it? Bubblegum uh, Crisis later? The other one. The, the other the one. 2040. Yeah, oh. the one from 96, yeah, where they kind of like, it was like kind of a sequel, but not really, and it was kind of a reboot kind of thing. Yeah, um, I mean, I didn't yeah. understand what was going on no, anyway, no, no. so it's fine. <laughs> I was like sneaking up to watch it late at night and being like, this looks so cool. I yeah. have no idea what's happening. Because you, <laughs> you would watch anything, right? Because yeah. it was yeah. literally the only thing that was available. Yeah. Mm. So you're like, oh, yeah, oh, oh yes, I like cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I'll get into it. That was, you know, you were, in terms of the, the first release, you, Ghost in the Shell was the first DVD that yes, was ever released right. in Australia. Right, okay. Right. Um, so so that, that that is correct in a way, but yeah, the first first release was VHS. Wow. And that was Bubblegum Crisis 2032. Wow. <sighs> Deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the show that you were watching and your gateway into anime was also yes. released by Madman. By Madman. Which is, of course, Neon Genesis. Yes. So, so you know, late high school, I'm like, oh, this anime thing's really cool, you know, and then wondering about, as, as you do in year, year 11 and 12, you know, what do you think about, what, what do you want to do mm-hmm. after school? And I was like, you know, oh, get into university, maybe learn some Japanese and all that kind of stuff. I didn't get good enough grades to go to university. <laughs> So ended up at TAFE, mm-hmm. but then at the same time, I was like, I wanted to pursue this this anime thing. And what had happened with me was how I really got to know the Madman guys. I went to an old convention uh, at the Horton Pavilion in 2001 called wow. Comic Fest, uh, which is now known as Supernova. Okay. Oh. Right. Wow. So before it was Supernova, it was known as Comic Fest. Right. Um, and the Madman guys were there, Sean Schemmel and um, Chris Sabat were there. Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, met them and kind of, you know, got to know them as well and, and all that kind of thing. But it was like the Madman guys were there and that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. We kind of met them and then the journey kind of went on from from there. Um, fast forward to about 2002, I somehow managed to become the admin for the forums of the, the, there used to be a forum. <laughs> explain what a forum yeah, is to the children. So basically, <laughs> think of it like Reddit. Yeah. Think of it like Reddit, except it was hosted on the Madman website, a thing called the Madboards. Right. Uh, the Madboards. The Madboards, you know, just a community of, you know, mad anime fans all uh, yeah, yeah. talking about things. And, you know, through that journey of Evangelion and everything else, and like, oh, okay, cool. You know, you post about stuff. And somehow I became an admin of the forums right. and then- 
um, around that time, I was like, okay, there's this thing called conventions, like where you kind of get together on a weekend and things would happen and you'd get to get together and cosplay and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, cool, it's a, that's in Melbourne. Oh, the Madman office is in Melbourne. Hey, guys, can I come into the office and do some free um, work experience for you guys for a week? And they were like, yeah, cool, come on down. I did v- scanning of VHS covers for an entire week. Wow. Because they needed wow. it for their database that they had, mm-hmm. the internal kind of like internet database that they had to upload like pictures oh so that it would then get sent out to all the different like retailers and stuff. Oh my God. Cool. So that was kind of my exposure, first exposure to, I guess, the industry mm. and how the inner workings of Madman was. Yeah. Through that, uh, you know, I, I'd shown that I was like, you know, got some knowledge and <laughs> some, I guess, um, I don't know, just, just I, I, I kind of willed it to existence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Work for them for part time for a little bit, and then because uh, I was based in Sydney at the time, and then around 2004, I'd kind of you know graduated from TAFE and got my diplomas and everything else, and I was like, okay, I need to do something now and actually maybe get a job for the first time. Talk to Tim, uh, Tim Anderson, who's the um, the CEO, the founder of Madman. He was like, yeah, slide, come on down, you know, we'll start you off in this basic basic salary, and you know, see see how you go. And I was product and marketing coordinator. That was my first role mm-hmm. in 2004. Wow. So, you know, around that time, it was just getting in there. And then just, you know, as as that was happening, you know, more and more DVDs were coming out at the time. Things were kind of blowing up. And DVD, well, DVDs in general were really mm-hmm. blowing up around, around, around that time. A golden age of DVDs. Totally. And you, know, you used to get away with selling three episodes for $34.95. (laughs) (laughs) Which was a luxury for us back then because it's like, I don't have to go to places like, oh, you know, again, a little bit of rewind. You have to go into someone's basement to watch anime. Basement to watch anime. (laughs) Or you would go to this place in Sydney called the Cartoon Gallery. Mm. Cartoon Gallery. Oh, yeah. They were an OG shop and they were basically one of the first shops in Sydney that would sold you legitimate anime goods. Right imported US DVDs and things like that. I used to pay $70, 70 Australian dollars for three episodes of something on a DVD. <sighs> Jesus. Wow. And I'd have Jesus. to, this is after buying, investing in a, an all-region DVD player mm-hmm. and a TV that supported NTSC as well. Yeah, yep. of course. That was how it was back then. So you have a very small catalog mm-hmm. and and what you could get was what we would hold on to. Yep. Yeah, anyway, but yeah, fast forward back to so sort of that. Madman and kind of worked my way up the company and eventually was was the product and marketing manager. So I guess what a lot of people don't understand from, you know, especially nowadays with the internet being just, you know, click on Crunchyroll and bam, you've got as much anime as you can imagine by like two titles, you know. Mm. I guess, I mean, the level of effort that had to be gone to to get this media was crazy yeah you kids don't know um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how hard as I've, I've kind of just explained to you guys yeah. just just to stand how hard it was to yeah. to even get exposed to yeah. what anime was well you had to go through previously you know didn't, you didn't have anything else like you know myanimelist.com mm-hmm. it was literally some random fan website on a geo hosted on like geo cities or something like that <laughs> angel fire yeah or angel fire or, or some random forum somewhere mm-hmm. and you would be like oh I, I you've seen a picture of that and then you'd be like oh this is coming out this season and there's you know you also look admittedly back in the day it wasn't like crazy how it is now you have 50 50 50 new shows season sure. a season yeah you get maybe a dozen shows a year yeah mm. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and then you have this back catalog of um, the, the VHS kind of golden age in Japan mm-hmm. as well. And kind of discovering all these kind of old anime. And then also as well, you, you'd be like, okay, what else is actually out there? Mm. And that's kind of where the fan subs kind of came in. So, you know, yes. like I said, have to buy a VHS and writing a random money order from Australia Post to send it <laughs> off to some <laughs> random person in America that you don't know if you're ever going to yeah. get a, uh, uh, something back at the end of it. Of course. So. Um, distribution was a massive thing. And discovery was also a massive thing that was very hard, I think, back in the day for a lot of fans. Um, no mainstream exposure. You know, all you had was whatever you saw on Agress Cartoon Connection <laughs> and and Cheese TV. TV. Mm-hmm. Those were those were. It. That's why Dragon Ball Z blew, blew up. Hundred percent. So that's why Sailor Moon blew up. It was because of because of the morning the, the morning cartoon shows. Yeah, absolutely, Pokemon. That's 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 how it blew up. Mm. Um, and from there you'd be like, okay, what's the other kind of stuff? Mm. The the more kind of subculturey kind of stuff and. You were really a cool kid. I I I I like to think of myself as a cool kid back in the day <laughs> yeah. when you could say you tell someone I found this thing that's cool. You know, you've you you can't see it on cheese TV. It's 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 it. You had almost like a sense of pride that you 100%. could. It's almost like it's the same as like video games as well, right? Because you used totally. to import games from Japan and yep. a, a year ahead of everybody else. Yep. Yeah, you'd have to sit there with like a uh, an FAQ. Uh, here's what I used to do as a kid as well, buying buying Japanese video games. Yep. And then you would be like, okay, you go online, uh, I think gamefax.com, and mm. you would print out walkthroughs yep. Done that. of guys so you can at least follow on what's going on in the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Translation. <laughs> wow. That is, yeah. So so from, from that, you go to the days of, you know, VHS distribution mm-hmm. where it was still fairly limited, but, you know, enough video stores were around that you could at least get some exposure to things mm. to then the real boom was, you know, in the 2000s with the DVD boom. Yes. Um, and then, you know, um, arguably with the rise of, I guess, the fan, uh, the digital fan subs as well at yes. the time. Oh, my Can God. I tell you how, you know, as a consumer of it back, back in the day as well, downloading anime on dial-up was oh. torture. Oh, on LimeWire. You, 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 kids, you kids don't really know. <laughs> Download a 40 megabit episode would take you hours. It was It was like, okay, oh, there's a, 40 me- there's a 40 megabit episode, uh, Roroni Kenshin. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, look, it's only 40 megabytes. That's only, that's like 10 MP3s. I can yeah. do that on a dollar connection. <laughs> Just leave it on overnight. You're yeah. doing 128 kilobits a second. 128, like. that's a luxury. That's a, hey, that's a, hey, that's I was a, bowling. That's a nice DM, that's a, that's a nice DM <laughs> line. That's all right. <laughs> 28, oh my God. I the, was, amount of, I was, the amount of viruses and computers I oh, must have destroyed. Yeah. Like the family computer, just <laughs> yeah. 100 episodes in Naruto. Ruined. 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 I'm pretty certain I watched Oran High School Host Club for the first time on my friend's iPod. <laughs> like, I'm pretty certain. Oh, the that, iPod video with yes, the tiny screen? like the tiny thing, Fuck. and she'd managed to get it on yeah. there. And then, wow. then soon after that, it was a, the time where people were uploading on YouTube, but it was like part one. Yeah. Was, and then yes. you'd be like invested, and then part three wouldn't exist, or it got taken <laughs> down, and you were like, yeah. no. <laughs> so we, we're from those days to like, okay, cable internet and mm-hmm. like, you know, the early days of like, you know, DSL, you'd be like, okay, cool. You'd have to go on these things called IRC, yeah, um, uh, uh, servers, which essentially is the modern day Discord. Mm-hmm. Totally, um, is, yeah. And but then you'd have to find the right server and then type in all these commands, and, yeah, and you know slash xdcc and space blah blah blah, and then somehow somebody would magically send you a file. This bot would send you a file. 
This is a 2000 and this is like 99, 2000, by the way. Wow. Yeah. From that, you know, the, the spread of like DivX and mm. that was yes. a real big DivX, thing. DivX was was a thing that um, that DivX. really sped up, I guess, the, the piracy of anime. Or the, yes. But, but at the same time, you know, a lot of new shows came out because of that that would, you would not have been exposed to otherwise. No. It's an interesting point you make there because obviously piracy, especially these days, hurts so many media companies and, and creators and yeah. and so many, you know, it hurts the industry badly. But you can make a very strong argument that anime would not be what it is in the West without piracy. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, look, Crunchyroll started off as a piracy website. It did. It, did. it sure yeah. did. <laughs> it absolutely did. Um, Crunchy subs. Like, yeah. In but, the yellow. But, miss, miss but, but, you know, you always have to appreciate it as well where in a way the fans could at least, inf as a business, you, you, you're like, well, you've got a test market telling you yes. what's good and what's not. Yes. You could do that. These days, you literally have, here's the title of the show and here's a sketch that someone's drawn. Mm. Yeah. Give us some money for it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it got to that point yeah, where yeah. you were literally getting nothing except for like a synopsis or if you were lucky, a, a key, piece of key art and totally. you're like, this story is about this and, and then you'd have to put some, an offer, a crazy offer in a year in advance of this thing coming out. Wow. Wow. Sight unseen. <laughs> so we've gone a long way from doing that. Absolutely. From from going to the DVD acquisition phase where you were still a year behind. Sure. But at the very least, you could get a hold of some episodes to to review and see the vibe and all that kind of stuff. Uh, to now where you're basically pre-buying shows before they even get before you even know about it. Really. You are probably not even hearing about shows that are getting licensed now mm. wow. because people are pre-buying it because they're being released in 2025, 2026. Interesting. So, yeah, moving forward, so the DVD phase was mm. a key. key so, yeah. I remember the DVD phase was like yeah. a real game changer because I remember walking into JB Hi-Fi yep. and turning a corner and I'll never forget just seeing a sea of anime and DVD, like anime DVDs yeah. and just being like, we did it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we made it. Like, right. the main street. I remember just being like, yeah. like Because I, I spent so many years on IMDB forums asking, <laughs> talking about anime. Because mm -hmm. there was an anime subsection for that. And then like, I guess other than that, there was like 4chan, but I'd be too scared to go on 4chan. Yeah. And that's obviously a great life decision I made there. Um, <laughs> early choice. Early but yeah, uh, we're choice. from Perth, Western Australia, and mm. there was actually like quite a strong anime club scene there as well, an anime convention scene. So I kind of got involved in high school with YCON and those like conventions. Chef one, yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. which was so that was like the way in before that. But then I, I feel like uh, do we have you to thank for the anime DVD boom of 2006 onwards? Cause uh, I, I, look, I, I, was, I was a lot more involved with it back then, I guess. Yeah, um, you know, me and and I guess, you know, Tim and, and, and Dean as well. The three of us would be, you know, uh, and, and, and Daniel as well. We would all be uh, trading sort of like, you know, like this is good, that's not good. We think we should be paying this, we should be paying that, you know, that that wow. kind of thing. And, you know, the, the boom really kind of happened. Mm. I don't know if you guys heard about the 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 bubble that happened in the US as well, in the US anime industry. Around 2000 and I guess, you know, that around 2006, a lot of crappy shows were coming out around that time. Like that was kind of when they exploded, right? Mm -hmm. It exploded, but at the same time, <laughs> the, 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 qual the quantity of crappy mm. shows were also exploding at the same time. Yeah, right. Because people were paying, overpaying for for episodes in the US, and they were overproducing shows. It blew up, and the industry kind of had to pick itself up. And DVD as well, as well, sort of that two thousand and nine ish kind of yeah. like time where it kind of yeah. like it's kind of really settled down as well. DVD was in its yeah. own; it was sort of like in long longer legs. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but definitely, um, you know, I think in the, in the mid 2000s, uh, you could feasibly get quality show. Every show that came out was fairly quality. Mm. We didn't have as much, <laughs> we didn't have as much competition out here as well, because it was, sure. it was mainly us, Siren Visual, um, who then became, you know, also became Hanabi as well, um, eventually. And, uh, you know, it was literally the, the three, four companies that were releasing things here. In the US, you'd had a dozen companies doing mm. things, but we were cherry picking the good titles um, so that they would do, in, in a way, they would do some of the hard yards for us in the US. Yep. Because there were a lot, they were, they were picking up titles and they were competing and they were fiercely, you know, overbidding on titles mm -hmm. in a way. But that also created the anime industry that you kind of see as it is today. Interesting. Is that how ghost stories happened in America where they, they license it and then they were like, this show is a complete failure. Oh, like, ghost time. Dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghost time. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was, um, yeah, look, there were, there were things that like that happened <laughs> because, because, because of the, because of that, that, that big sort of bubble yeah. back in the in mid 2000s. Is it your fault that I spent $40 on Black Cat? Was that your fault? <laughs> Partially, I would oh. say yes. <laughs> <laughs> a great I, disappointment of it. <laughs> it had cool moments. It was it okay. It was, yeah, it was solid. <laughs> solid beer t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. The kids get called mid. I'm, yeah. I'm way too hard on Black Cat. I think I had such high expectations for it. It was a train, wasn't it? Train yeah. was, yeah. Yes, he yeah, looked yeah. so cool. It was very yeah. it had a great aesthetic. Anyway, I have to give it another watch and then let you know. <laughs> yeah, dust off the DVD. <laughs> I, will, I will. It's true, but that is interesting as well. That now, obviously, so from there, of course, the proliferation of online streaming mm -hmm. has changed everything for not only for consumers, but I imagine for distributors, licenses. Mm. Like, how did that? Because obviously, Anime Lab in Australia was. I mean, it became that later. But can you talk to us how you guys moved from the DVD time into the streaming time. Yeah, look, I mean, back in, I think this is sort of around that, you know, late 2000s, like 08, 09, where we decided, okay, um, this whole streaming thing is um, picking up. I think, you know, Funimation were probably the first to mm -hmm. start to do streaming uh, back in the day. And obviously Crunchyroll as well. We were like, okay, Crunchyroll's doing this thing. Funimation started to do this thing. We were thinking ourselves here, okay, we need to kind of protect ourselves to, in order for us to kind of survive for the next 10 years mm -hmm. of this next phase that we need to go, what, what is beyond DVDs and what's beyond Blu-ray? Mm. Streaming was certainly that, that thing. It was always in the back of our, my minds that, you know, this thing, it, it's happening. Netflix was happening around then as yeah. well. That yeah. was sort of the big rise of it. And, you know, we, I think we could see the writing on the wall that, okay, if we don't move the business into that phase, then we are going to get left behind. Mm -hmm. So I think in 09 was when we started to uh, upload a lot of like back catalog episodes onto this thing called the Madman Screening Room. Back in the day, you would knew about it and, and we would be streaming episodes here and there of old titles. And then in 2009, um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood was the first um, simulcast that we did. Wow. Oh, wow. 2009. 2009. Mm. <laughs> wow. Damn. That's a good. That's a good first simulcast. That's a very great yeah, first simulcast. Yeah. I remember that. Say. We're like, okay, wow, well, we got the rights, and we have to do this every single week. I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, we have to figure things out on the fly of how do you encode episodes yeah. if we can download these gigantic yeah. files and all yeah. that kind of stuff. It just really moved into this new phase for for the whole industry of having to do that and also keep it secure as well. Of course. From then on, it kind of built up, and. 
uh, Animalab was then kind of built on the back of, I guess, the Madman screening room where you'd have a few years of experience. And then in 2014, we were like, okay, right. I think we've got enough that we can build a product out of it. So we launched Animalab um, around April 2014. That's nine years ago. Oh, my God. That's nine years ago now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's wild. <laughs> I loved Animalab. Yeah, yeah, we had this, yeah, we're talking about We all before. loved Animalab. Animalab yeah, was, amazing. was amazing. The UI was glorious. Really, really good. Missed. <laughs> Although back in the early days, you know, look, it took it, it it took a while for Anime Lab to get to where it was. Sure. I think where it was at the at the end of its life. Mm. But we were like, we need, we wanted to offer something that was better than the rest, and we built everything in house as well. Wow. So, mm. shout out to the team that, that that built the that app from the ground up here in Australia. Mm. A team of ten people, by the way. That, that is Anime Lab, blows my oh. mind, which is incredible to think about when you have multinationals doing. You know, giant streaming platforms as well, and we're you know comparable to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so so we were quite proud of our product, and you know it was a good talk of the town as well. Yeah. Um, around the industry, and um, you know we, we're very we we were very proud of of what we had we had built. Yeah. Oh, of course. And then in 2019, mm. obviously, Madman Anime was sold to uh, Aniplex, and did. And you stayed on for how much longer after that? Yeah. So actually, the timeline was more like so in 2018. I think we took on like an investment, and right. it's invested in us around that time. Because around that time was also when we had also built this other thing. So at the same time that we we're building Anime Lab, we were also building this other thing called Madman Anime Festival. Right. Yes. Uh, so that was I was a lot more involved in that in building right. the convention up. Mm. Um, oh. And Aniplex, uh, you know, they they saw that we we're basically if completely fully vertically integrated company mm -hmm. and they wanted to invest in everything. Yep. They invested in us in that. And then, oh yeah, around it, I think it was around it, 2018, 19 yep. was when they fully bought um, the anime side of the Madman business. Yep. So it's split off into, Madman is now split off into two companies. Uh -huh. One was the Madman Anime Group, and the other one is Madman Films, which still exists today, mm. by the way. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I think they did stuff like, like Shin Ultraman early this year. Oh right, that was them. Nice. Uh, so that's that's a plug. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then the anime business, um, the anime part of the group, splintered off. Um, and then about a year after that, so around around the same time that we were kind of like acquired, Sony Pictures in the US. So we were. Adiplex is a Sony um, Music Japan company. Hmm. Like you have to look at the layers of it. Is that yes. okay? Who Absolutely. owns Who owns Madman? It's now Adiplex of Japan. Yeah. Who owns Adiplex Japan? Sony Music Japan. Yeah. On the other side of the ocean, uh, you had Sony Pictures, uh, who bought out Funimation. Right. Ah. Okay. And around sort of the end of 2019. Um, they basically said that, you know, there's so, a Sony Sony now saying like, hey, you guys are anime. You guys are anime. You need to kiss and, <laughs> and, and become one. Come together. And come together. So, you know, the timeline is that basically, um, you know, as part of the Aniplex group, we then had to, we, there was a few more companies as well at the time. Sure. So there was a company in, in Europe called Wakanim uh, based in France. Mm -hmm. um, they also had like, you know, French Quebec like that's a that's a territory apparently. Right. Because like French speaking Canada is a country, like a region for for anime. Right. Um, uh, I think like the Nordics as well. Mm -hmm. That's sort of where these companies were kind of like um, uh, operating from. At the same time, when Funimation was also acquired by um, Sony Pictures, Manga UK 
was also bought up by Funimation. So that's why there was this thing of the US and the UK were kind of tied up in this one thing with Sony Pictures. And then Europe and and Australia (laughs) were tied up with with Aniplex. And so they're like, well, you need to kind of become this one thing. But I think, you know, um, we were very careful as well around that time because I think there was also talk about, you know, back in Japan, it was sort of like, you know, is this this gonna be okay? And all that kind of thing. Um, But, you know, the merge still happened anyway. Uh, and of course, we all know what happened back in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, everything kind of shut down, and but we were still in the middle of going through the whole merger process of becoming Funimation. Right. Uh, so we were in the, and I think that was also the first year we Anime Lab because it was just massive growth. We didn't shut it down, I think. But then somehow after that, strategy changed, and like we're closing down Anime Lab. That was the first time that was it was that that I think people in Australia experienced that merger yes. of. Anime Lab is closing down and we're going to merge with Funimation. Mm-hmm. And that happened. But as that was happening, AT&T, Time Warner were wanting to sell Crunchyroll. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I and had many subscriptions at one point and I'm like, who's going to win? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? So then Sony Pictures ended up bidding for it and one, mm-hmm. we were all kind of laughing and going like, yeah, yeah right, a billion dollars. Who's going to pay a billion dollars yeah. for an anime company? Turns out turns out, Sony did. Yeah. Yeah. Sony will did. <laughs> and what do you think has been the biggest, I mean, apart from the, the money and the change and just the proliferation of the medium, what do you think has changed amongst the fandom at all? Do you think it's still, the crux of it is still that fanatic kind of, you know, people who just live for this thing and will go to whatever ends they can to find the thing they love. Do you think that that element's still there or do you think that's kind of changed? Oh, I think the element's never going to go away. Yeah. It's just that, you know, as we kind of talked about earlier in the podcast, the lack of discoverability, it was so hard to discover things. Mm. You would you would almost hold on to things a bit more. You would cherish the, that yeah. that title that you that the show that you that you discovered. Yes that you felt special, mm-hmm. it's not as much of that I feel like these days. Yes. However, in saying that, I, I I think that ultimately this was the goal that we all wanted at the, yes. at the whole industry and wanted at the end of the day where anime is now mainstream. Mm. You know, you're no longer being picked on in the playground for mm-hmm. like anime. It's actually totally. kind of cool. I still am. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, you know, I think generally speaking, though, it's a hell of a lot better than what it used to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, that- more and more people are, are jumping onto this thing and it's just more just entertainment now, which I, I think it's fabulous. And Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there are more and more shows now that are gateways into this fandom. Um, and I think that, you know, in a way, you're almost seeing this phase now where people are also shifting away from just purely consuming anime only. Mm-hmm. You've, you've now, we've now, we've now seen in the last I'd say half a decade, really, in the, and especially more so in the West, because this has always been a thing in like you know Asia. Mm-hmm. The anime culture, uh, the the Japan and anime culture, kind of like really becoming mainstream. Where you've got mm-hmm. people that are, yeah, they'll casually watch Demon Slayer and Attack on Titan and mm-hmm. and Sword Art Online or whatever the whatever the casual shows or My Hero Academia, whatever the the, the mainstream kind of shows are. But then they don't touch some of the other things, mm. which is okay. But totally. then they're all into the culture of it. Yes. You know, they're they're getting into it and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's great because it's 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 something that has really fueled the acceptance of 
culture yes. globally, of anime culture globally, and I think that's a positive thing. It's different it to, I think, to, to what it was like, you know, back in the skunks of getting, setting off mail order checks for, 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 for VHS <laughs> tapes that you have no idea if it was ever going to arrive to now, um, you know, uh, there are multiple, multiple anime stores, not just one. Yeah. Whereas back in the day in Sydney, you had literally one. Yeah. Yep. There are multiple stores now and there are more and more availability, more and more acceptance and, you know, just growth, kind of growing, growing, growing. Absolutely. We're still catching up to Asia, obviously. Yes. Uh, but, the US for us. Yeah, but I think we're actually pretty good. Very uh, much. All, so. all things considered. To, to what it was and you know uh, to the point now where you've got all, all these Japanese companies also investing in coming out to Australia and yeah. and, and, and and you know Japanese restaurants and all the kind of yeah, stuff you know absolutely I mean I, I mentioned we, we interviewed on another podcast uh, last week or the week before and I was saying that I literally was driving past on a bus well no I was driving in a car but past a bus stop in Dulwich Hill and spy family was on the bus stop. I, I was like, what? Like, blue. I mean, I'm just down the office as well. There was, there was a Jujutsu Kaisen thing. I kind of get that a bit more. It's, mm. you know, like, you see that. Yeah, I've I seen was that around a bit. Stumbling but- out of the pub and came face to face with Gojo on a wall outside of Porto. <laughs> and I was like, hey, what are you doing here, man? But like, so it was just actually just so, just in the middle of Newtown. Yeah. Yeah. Like- it's, it's, it's amazing how much it has proliferated and how, I mean, and becoming so much more mainstream. And you look at the box office. I mean, Demon Slayer was a huge hit, obviously. I mean, Slam Dunk, which you guys brought out earlier yes. this year, absolutely extraordinary and like such a good piece of My media. favorite movie of this year so far has been Slam Dunk. Oh, it great. was so good. It was so fantastic. Thank you so much Thank for reminding yes. us. Yes. I have a review of it where I rave about it, but I um I went into it not having ever watched Slam Dunk or mm. read it. So it was a uh, it was fun to kind of see a film that worked in itself. Like it, it was a, it, it's fantastic. Look, that 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 movie took thirty years to make. Yeah, and wow. you, you can kind of understand now why um, you know Sensei took so long to get it to that point because he uh, the the story goes is that he was very much unhappy with, ha- I guess, animation and mm. the technology of animation back when he was trying to make it. You know, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. To the point now, we're like, okay. This is great. You 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 see how it was animated, and you're yep. like, you felt like you were watching an NBA game. Oh, it was incredible! Rather than, oh. rather than some sort of a, a movie. Yeah. Oh. It was- if it, if if uh, well, more the basketball scenes, but obviously mm. there was a lot of the, the story as well. But yeah. it it looked great, and it, it was also you know I think there was when it the, the initial trailers and stuff came out for that there was a lot of criticism of the way it looked as well. Mm. But then when you that's actually like the anime movie, community at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was oh it's 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 CGI. it's CG and all that kind of stuff. It's like oh actually just give it a chance, guys. A and and no. I think you know once you get into it, the story. Look, end of the day, what is anime? It's a medium for telling stories. And mm-hmm. what is slam dunk? A, an amazing story. Yeah, exactly. And I was one of those people that when I saw the trailers, I was like, oh, I don't know if I like the style. And then I quickly yep. ate my words as soon as yep. I sat down. As soon as so, you sat down and watched your yeah, hundred percent. It's just you know give it a shot. But now, but back to you, obviously. So you now work mm. for Sugoiko. Yes. You, uh, what is Sugoiko? Yeah. So um, Sugoiko was uh, founded by uh, Tim Anderson, who, uh, as I've kind of talked through the story, is also the founder of Madman back in the day. Um, and uh, he had left uh, Crunchyroll um, a couple of years ago. Um, and I had left Crunchyroll uh, a, a bit earlier this year, and we felt like there was 
uh, you know, uh, enough of a gap in the market that, you know, um, perhaps that uh, Crunchyroll were, you know, the, the strategy's completely shifted and we were like, look, we feel like there's still something here. We feel like, you know, I also feel like I don't want to, you know, let go of the 20 plus years of work that I've put into building up the, um, I guess, the, um, the, the the scene here. And, and Absolutely. I feel like I still got a lot to contribute for that. Yeah. And we decided to start a new company and thus that's how Sugoiko was born. And, you know, this was, you know, back in, back in May, I think when I, when I, when I kind of joined the company and uh, we didn't really, and we obviously, you know, we didn't really become public until around July, but we feel like that there is enough for us to be able to still give fans here locally some excitement and also to release things that uh, perhaps some of the other companies are not releasing here as well. Mm -hmm. And just to kind of keep things going because we feel like that, you know, um, anime fans here are, um, you know, they've, they, they deserve to have a lot of things, a lot of um, titles that may not get a chance, get, might get released here. Mm -hmm. um, and we feel like that we can help to deliver an alternative approach to how um, – uh, things are released in Australia and to continue on with, I guess, some of the legacy work that we've done as well at Absolutely. Madman and at Crunchyroll as well. I think that, you know, uh, with the releases that we've done so far, you know, they've all been theatrical so far. Mm. That is something that we want to continue on, you know. Um, we feel like there's, you know, the theatrically speaking, you know, as you say, you know, these things like Demon Slayer. Here's a bit of a fact for you. Over the last, since 2020, since the pandemic, they've actually been um, more than, Ten million dollars a box office of anime just in Australia. Wow! Would you believe that this that, that is made? Yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero uh, that made two point two million dollars. One Piece made one point three million dollars wow. last year. Red. Um, and yeah, Red made yeah that at, and then obviously just early this year when you shove three episodes of Demon Slayer together. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go see it. I'll go see it. Still made a million dollars yeah. in Australia. Wow. Yeah, uh, which wow. is you know blows your mind. And Demon Slayer was, itself, you know, back in the day was four point five million dollars. Wow. In terms of box office. These are public figures, by the way. I'm not giving any kind of secrets no, away. Yeah. <laughs> um, Google these. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but but they are numbers that uh, were not really. Um, they were kind of unthinkable back in the day. Oh, and tough. that's why we were like, you know, we built an audience up. It'd be a shame that we can't, if these some of these other titles aren't being released. Yeah, and we kind of all want to continue on doing this thing that we've we've we we do. Obviously, not we're nowhere near as big as what we used to be, but you know, we're at the start of our journey, and I feel like we we've got a long way to go mm -hmm. in order to continue to build what what Sugoiko can be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're expanding as well. We're doing things now like brand licensing. Yep. So if, you know, we're, we're licensing out things like, you know, I think like uh, stores like Culture Kings, for example, mm -hmm. they have their own line of anime t-shirts and stuff. Some of that's done through us. Right. Oh, licensing's cool. done through us. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of other um, brands out there as well. Um, JJ's and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. Yep. Some of that kind of going through us now as well. And then also, you know, um, we feel like there's still also you know, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny amount of people still want to own um, titles. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, I wanted to bring that up with you mm. because obviously now with how much streaming there is, like, and going back from where where, mm. where this kind of all began in the West, right? Like owning something, and I know it's a big thing for film people too, especially now with a lot of titles just 
disappearing from streaming platforms yep. sometimes. And I'm not, it's not so much in anime, but it does happen. I think it's almost going to come back around. Would you agree that's sort of something that people will start doing again because things can just disappear off platforms very easily? I think maybe, but I think it's also at the same time, you know, you've got you've got a platform like Crunchyroll where you do have vast, 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 vast amounts of, of content on there that it's – it's it's getting harder to find really what it is that you kind of want to own. Mm-hmm. I think that the AAA blockbusters out there are still worthwhile owning, mm-hmm. or if it's some sort of a film by a very special, um, you know, director or something like that. Satoshi Kon film. Or something yeah, like yeah, something like that. I feel like you know we're you know, like, you know slam dunk. I think will, will probably end up being our first home home entertainment release. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a scoop. Um, oh, right. <laughs> we do have rights to do that, um, so we will release that. Um, you know, on on Blu-ray uh, right. sometime. You know. Uh, next year, but we're not announcing yeah. anything quite we'll yet. Three. We, we, we're not announcing dates or anything like that, but yep. it is coming. We do feel like there's, you know, that ownership thing is is still a thing. Obviously, we're no longer where we were at the peak of um, Blu-ray and DVD ownership, you know, when it kind of went up and, and it's still on that, mm. very much on that downward tra- trajectory. Yeah. But at the same time, we feel like there's enough support out there that, you know, it's not dead yet. No. It's dying, but yes. and it will be continue to be dying sure. over over the next god knows how many years. Mm. But we're, I think, we're only really at the beginning of that wrap up of um, that owning owning that on medium. Yeah, and I still feel like the classics out there that people will still want to preserve that in the future. I think you need to do a whole line of VHSs. <laughs> Yeah. To be honest, like people brought back like the big yeah. vinyl. Why not just bring back some bring back VHSs? Oh, like, oh, we did contemplate doing that. Oh, uh, hell yeah. <laughs> for when I was back in Crunchyroll, um, uh, Madman, um, we had contemplated on perhaps, oh, there's an anniversary for this movie coming up. Maybe we can press a VHS copy yeah. of it yeah. so, so that people would want to own a copy of it. We kind of into the cost of pressing VHS. It is not cheap. To yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yes. It is not cheap to press a VHS anymore. Like even the price of pressing DVDs and Blu-rays now mm. are, are kind of slightly going back up because of the demand's kind of gone down as well, globally right, speaking. Right. It's yeah. kind of hard to find a VHS player now if you don't have one, right? Well, that's it? just it. It's yeah. it's yeah. almost just the display piece almost mm. rather than anything else. Antique. Nah, bring it back. It sounds yeah. cool. Yeah. But I mean, just like- put a VHS, then put a downloadable code to like watch it online, like. Oh. Sit on the shelf. It looks the QR code. On the yeah, QR code <laughs> in, in the box. <laughs> uh, the collector's markets, yeah, something which I think will be heavily on the DVDs because again, or Blu-rays more specifically, I think because I know a lot of film buffs are now moving into that, like owning as many Blu-rays as possible and whatnot. But yeah, I think it is a niche market. But in time, I think they'll become pretty pretty worth some serious money. I uh, uh, look, I agree, and and I think people should. Definitely go out there and still buy the things. I think it's the, the the special shows that they feel have good special connection to. Go out and buy it because you know nothing lasts forever. Yeah, is is, is that's what it is in this licensing business is that nothing lasts forever. Mm-hmm. Rights have a limited amount of of, of time yep. available, um, and I think that's that that's the common misconception. Yes. Back in the day, where I think when your your younger fans might not know how this stuff works is. Mm. Actually, when you're licensing titles, it's not for you know, it's not for perpetuity, for not for forever. Mm. It's, it's it's only ever for a certain period of time. Yes, a lifetime is not really a lifetime when you mm. think about it. For sure, 
People are so angry when Netflix, like, particularly when Netflix are like, we're swapping shows over. And I was like, why? It's like, because they ran out of the license. Like, people don't understand how yeah. that works. It's yeah, like, you, exactly. You, and, and, and it's that thing I think uh, people don't understand is that as well when you also, you know, you, 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 own, you own a copy of something. Yes. Technically speaking, you're buying a, a license to yeah. to watch that thing. You're renting it essentially. Yeah, yeah essentially long term. Which is you know, but you know, how, where, where does it kind of all come from? You have to go back to the old days of, well, what is this really? It's you going to a movie theater and buying a ticket and, mm -hmm. and watching a movie. Mm. You're not going to say, hey, I bought a movie ticket. I'm going to go back and watch it again. Mm. No, you have to buy another <laughs> ticket. Yeah. You have to I buy another this. ticket, right? Yeah, yeah, it, that's, sure. that's, the, you know, that's how you have to think about the concept of yeah, like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, streaming and that you have to keep paying every month. If you, I still want to mm -hmm. watch yeah, Attack yeah. on Titan, non crunch you on Netflix or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I kept paying that, you know, yeah. how much it is per month. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I need to own because, you know, I cannot find it outside. You know, it's very hard to find Legend of Galactic Heroes, obviously. You didn't think you think it's I was on high bring dive. That up. Oh God, every episode. No, it's it's literally on yeah. high dive. No, but I want to own it. Okay. Because I need to. That's my next like Blu-ray. I'm gonna buy a Blu-ray player. Uh so to check already, off it to America. You'll find it. Well, I already own Black Cat, so I'm sorted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're good. We've started the collection. <laughs> We've got this. No, it is amazing how far it's come. And honestly, Sly, thank you for being one of the major reasons that we are able to enjoy anime in the way yeah. that we are now in this country. And honestly, what you've done is pretty extraordinary. Well, and I don't you. think um people really know that much but I'm, honestly like what you've done is quite extraordinary man so seriously thank you and also just what a fascinating conversation that was like it's stuff that i kind of knew about surface level i knew about madman starting and but i didn't know about the inner workings of it and just seeing how it all kind of changed everything thanks for having a great chat with us because no, i um i learned a lot about uh, the industry and i feel like i'm just digging to the surface of it as well so yeah honestly man thank you so much for joining us it's like incredible to learn how anime has progressed and evolved in Australia for the last 20 odd years and where it will go in the future. It's so exciting. I mean, we've still got so much room for growth as, as Segoy obviously knows. The future is bright and, you know, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. So, nice. absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we, um, thank you. Thank, thank everyone and the fans. And look, we want, we're not here without the fans. So we want to mm -hmm. continue to build that fan base and, and, you know, really just ask for the support and, what we do with Sugoiko and, and, and also anything else as well. I feel like, you know, it's, it just consume anime that you want to consume it and um, enjoy it the way that you want to enjoy it. No one can tell you that you can't enjoy it that way or this way or you have to enjoy it this way or that yes. way. Just enjoy anime for what it is. Enjoy the culture. Be a casual. Be, be hardcore. It doesn't matter. Just so long as you enjoy anime, that's all that matters. 100%. That's why we started this podcast. It's uh, right. exactly right. And uh, thank you so much. And thank you all for listening and or watching as always. Of course, you can find us on our social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. You can find us on any po podcast platform, wherever you get your podcasts. If you really like what we're doing, you can find us on Patreon and every little bit helps. We really appreciate it. And thank you all so much. We'll catch you all next time. Sly, thank you once again for taking the time. Really no, appreciate it. Great to and, be here. Uh, Enjoy your trip to Japan. Thank you. <laughs> Make sure you check out Sugoi um, online to have the latest releases that are coming out. Is there anything you want to plug right now while we're yeah, here? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, Sugoi Co. Um, uh, our, uh, we actually just started a new shop as well, so e-commerce shop, so sugoi.shop, very easy URL to remember. Uh, follow us on our social media, um, Sugoi, uh, AU is um, it's at sugoiko.au. All platforms are just sugoiko.au. And I think that, you know, we, we've got something – 
lined up for next year. So I feel like you should uh, follow us on there to be the first to find out what that is. Just right take on. my money already. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get my wallet out. <laughs> no, we've, we've been to a few of the releases so far this year and they've been absolutely fantastic. And Great. Thank you very much. We'll be hopefully going to some more and uh, checking them all out. And you can too by following. And thanks so much. We'll catch you all next time. All the best. Mm-hmm.